Okay, let's start our discussion of Parshas Pinchas, Tavshin Ein Ches, as we get towards the, uh, the last section, the last part of Sefer Bamidbar, and we continue in the 40th year of the B'nai Yisrael's uh, travels through the desert. As we know, we started with Chukas. Uh, the uh, Miriam and Aaron have already passed on, and now we had Balak, and now we have Pinchas. We'll start off with something we discussed a number of years ago, but it's just a fascinating discussion, because it's a halachic discussion based on a mysterious medrash. And one wouldn't think that there would be such a discussion, but the Rishonim discuss it. The Gemara is based on a Gemara and a medrash, but the medrash tells us in source number one, the Yalkut, in the beginning of Parsha's uh, Pinchas, Amr Bishrim ben Lakish, says Reish Lakish, Pinchas hu Eliyahu. There is a connection between Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron HaKohen and Eliyahu Anavi, who wasn't born for many hundreds of years. We have Pinchas and we have Eliyahu. We have Sefer Bamidbar and we have Sefer Malachim. But the Gemara, the, the Medrash here identifies Pinchas who Eliyahu. Armalei Kadish Baruch Hu. Atanasata Shalom ben Yisrael uveni ba'olam Hashem says to Pinchas, you brought shalom between B'nai Yisrael and me in Olam Hazeh, right? Kanon Pogenbo, Afla Silavo, really. It was the act that happened at the end of last week's parsha, right? It's pointed out by the Mepharshim. We've seen that also in past years. That one might have thought that the whole story of Pinchas happened at the end of last week, the beginning of this week, starts off with the schar. You don't want to start off the parsha with, uh, with Kanos. Maybe to end off, but to start off, start off with Shalom, says the, uh, we've discussed in the past. But either way, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Pinchas, you helped me out. You brought Shalom at Olam Hazem. Af lasid lavo, atahu sha'asid litein Shalom, beni levein banai. Also in the future, you're going to bring Shalom between us, Shin Amar, as the Pasuk says at the end of Nevi'im. Hinei anochi sholech lechem es elio anavi, lefnei bel yom Hashem agaldo v'hanor v'heishev leivavos abanim. Right, the Pasuk at the end of Sefer Malachi. So the Medrash connects Pinchas and Eliyahu. Hashem says, Pinchas, you brought Shalom then, you will bring Shalom in the future. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Haseva HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Shmo Shel Pinchas, Bishmo Shel Eliyahu. Hashem put together Pinchas and Eliyahu. Mitoshave Zel Shonot, Mitoshave Gilad, Melamed Sha'asa, Chuvas Yisrael, the Chulu. So there's this connection, there's this mysterious connection. They're two different people, but we have this a number of times throughout uh, various more Kabbalistic sources, uh, the identification of, of different uh, personalities that we say are Gilgulim, Lavan, and Bilam, all different types. But here we have Pinchas and Eliyahu Hanavi. And based on this, we could say, okay, there's a type of uh, message that uh, that's, uh, goes deep here, but there's a kasha. There's a kasha that we've shown him deal with. There's a question that Tosfus deals with at the end of the Masechus Bamatziah. And that is, Sha'alta, we'll see it through the Radvaz. This time, we saw this again a number of years ago, but it's just uh, fascinating that there is even such a discussion. The Radvaz asks, Tosfus is kasha, Rabbeinu Bachai is kasha, all the Rishonim are bothered by this. Sha'alta mimeni l'daman, da'amar pinchazel yahu, heich nit malahach ben atzarfit. How did El Navi go and do tchias hamesim on the child that had died? If he's Pinchas, beginning of our parsha, Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Hakohen, he's a Kohen. Kohen is allowed to become Tamei Mace. So how did Kohen? How did Pinchas? It wasn't Pinchas; it was Elio. But if Elio is Pinchas, so then how did he 
How did he, uh, how was he allowed to be Matami himself? So again, the last, last line of the Radvaz. The Radvaz is going to quote six different Shatim. And the last line is going to say, this is a secretive type of relationship. It's not the same person exactly. And we don't have to ask the halacha question. The Radvaz classically, often, not that often, but once in a while, he blends halacha and hashkafa and kabbalah. Right, we've quoted in the past the, the Shuv of the Radvaz in, uh, in Tav Tav Kuf Ayin Zayin where he discusses Chametz. Chametz by Pesach. And he asks, why is Chametz so Chamor? It's Aser Bamashahu and it's, um, it's an Iser Kares and you have to search after it. There's nothing like this. And he goes through a couple of Shatim and at the end of the Shuva he says, you know what? I have no other answer. It's the Sa'or Sheb It's the Yitzhahara and you have to root it out. So again, this is the Radvaz is, is, is Halacha. But he uh, relates it, obviously, to a hashkafa and, and deeper ideas. So here, too, that's the end of the Radvaz. Let's do the last answer first. According to the, the ones that are the Chachme Nistaros, Ki Omer Pinchas Elio, Shoresh Nishmaso Shal Pinchas. It's the root Nishama. It doesn't mean that they're the same person. He gets Kakasha, always oh, a Kohen. You could have a, a Nishama of a Yisrael. And the neshama of a kohen, that one and the same, whatever that means. But it says the Radvaz, you don't ask a halacha question on that. And when he was asked, "Aren't you a kohen?" That's the gemara. At the end of Pesachas Bamitzia, he didn't want to reveal the secret, the secret of what it means. Pinchas Elios, he didn't say it, but really, that's the secret. But going back, if we assume that there is a an identity enough for there to be a kasha, all the Rishonim ask, how could he? Be Matami himself. So the Radvaz quotes the, 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 the various answers of the Rishonim. Let's just go through some of them. A couple of suggestions that there are said about this one. Each one, uh, fascinating. Some say, well, he didn't really fully die. He was almost dead. Right? He was, uh, you know, had a little bit of life left in him, but he wasn't fully dead. And this is what it sounds like. A couple of times we have, this is what some of the Achronim explain about Rabbi and Rabbi and Rabzeira, Megillah of Zion. Right? Come Rabbi, shot to the Rabzeira by the Purim Sutta. And he brought it back to life the next day, the next time, the next morning. He davened. So, so one of the Achronim say in the back, okay, it's, he was almost dead. He davened and he got better. Doesn't sound that way. Shachtel Rabbi Zera. Sounds like he killed him. But here too, maybe that's what the Psukim mean. Vachimashma midachsev adolonotra bonishama. Vachinira. He says that's what it sounds like from the Targum Yonosa ben Uziel. Lo yizba eishla velo yamuz bra. Mashma shadayin lo meis. And he brings a implicit diak from the Gemara at the end of Masechah's Nida as well. The Radvah says, I don't like that answer. I don't agree with it. Vein derech zen nachon klau. Dirsiv lo hamis es Right, what did the woman say to him? What are you doing? My child, La Hamis Espini. Sounds like he's already dead. See, your child is alive. Meaning beforehand he wasn't Chai. Would have been better Lashon if he hadn't died yet. He should have said he didn't die, rather than he is alive. That sounds like it's contrasting. And also the fact that the Targumenot says it doesn't uh, force us to say that as well. But that's one answer, the Yesh Omer. The Ra'isi, line 13. The Ra'isi, Bachai. Rabbeinu Bachai writes in our parsha and here. Shekasav, Ditzarfiz, Nachrisaisa. Maybe the mother wasn't Jewish. 
And this child wasn't Jewish then. In the Mishnah, quoted in a few places, in Yavamis and in elsewhere, that Mesei Akum, how much are they Metame? So if we hold that they are not Metame Ba'ohel, by a dead body, so then, maybe that's what happened here. He didn't actually touch. You have to say also, he didn't touch, because those Tanoim also agree that an Akam is Metame Bemaga, just Ba'ohel is the question. There's a big discussion in Halacha Lamaisa, in Hilchus Avelus, Hilchus Tomas Kohen, in what we hold. And Rabbi Elio himself said, But I don't think that's true either, because according to Chazal, who was this child? That he did Chiesa Meisan. Amru Chazal, Yona ben Amitai. Yona. Yona Hanavi, v'chi Yona Navi Hashem ben Nachrasaya. His mother wasn't Jewish. V'chi Tamesh and his guy. And if you want to say, well, he converted heich miachito so acharavev. Even if someone converts, he doesn't have any yichus to his father. He was not Jewish. He wouldn't be called Yona ben Amitai. V'lekal meimar davev nami his guy here talk about ben Almanaya. Can't say his father converted ben Almana. And this Navi stayed by the this non-Jewish woman? Many kashas that he says, I don't agree with that with that shot. Okay, number two. Number three, maybe the most well-known shot is because it's a Tosvis. Tosvis are more well-known than Rabbeinu Bachai's and other days in the Radvaz. But Tosvis, Tiritsu, Tosvis says in Parakam Makabal, at the end of Bamatziah, he quotes it on the top left, You know why he was able to do it? Because he knew Vada that he would be able to be Mechayahim. So a Kohen is only Usr Latame Bames if he's not sure, if he thinks he's going to stay dead. But if he knows he's going to be able to do Tchiyas Amesim, then he's allowed to. That's fascinating. A lot is written about that tosis. Does Pikuach Nefesh apply after the person's dead? That's what tosis is applying. Okay. Vakasha. Again, this is a huge topic, but just to mention it. Chada dein som chanal anais. Well, it's anais. You could violate halacha based on anais. Vesu dein barlo sheyichayehu. And also the language of tosis. If it's clear that he would able to be mechayahim, imkein lo hayasham Pikuach Nefesh. What's the language Pikuach Nefesh? His life is in danger? His life's not in danger. He doesn't have a life. And that he's going to be able to have a life. And if it was Pikuach Nefesh, he, was, he wouldn't be sure. And he continues. Then that middle of the column, Odeish Lafaris, Harasha. It was Harasha. That's, that's also uh, maybe Pashib Shat. He was a Kohen, but it was the. Maybe that's what Tosis means in a certain sense. Either way, this is the discussion on the Medrash, on the idea that the Medrash brings up at the beginning of the Parsha, uh, a, a discussion that we might not have even thought would take place, but the Rishonim take the connection seriously of Pinchas and Eliyahu. We even take it seriously when we know that by, uh, by a bris milah, right? We start off every bris milah by saying the Pesukim at the beginning of our Parsha, Pinchas, Ben Elazar, Ben Aaron, Akoyin, and Shivas Hamasi. What's the connection between Pinchas and a bris? Pinchas, Eliyahu. Now the Yohanavi, the Perky Derbalazar says, comes to every bris, right? So that the, uh, the connection is there even in our actions, but uh, this is a halachic discussion that the Rishonim have. Okay. Let's get back into the Parsha, though, uh, at the beginning of the Parsha. So, HaKadosh Baruch Hu rewards Pinchas. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron HaKohen, he removed my anger. 
Bekanoes kenasi besocham. Velochilisius bnei Yisrael. I did not destroy them. So I'm going to give him schar. What's his reward? Lochen emar hinininosin lo. Moshe, tell him I'm giving him hinininosin lo as brisi shalom. I'm giving him a bris of peace. Brisi shalom. Vahaisalo ulazaro acharav bris kuhunas olam. And I'm giving him and his descendants bris kuhunas olam. So I'm giving him something now, and I'm giving him something for eternity. I'm giving him a brisi shalom. I'm giving him and his children briskuhunas olam. Ask Rav Zevin, what exactly is the mita connected mita between the two parts of this sechar? Again, it starts off with brisi shalom to him and briskuhunas olam for lo ulazaru acharav. And just to put it differently. Why? What is the Midah Kenegad Midah? That he gets something for eternity while he just did a Misa in one moment. So give him Schar for this Misa. How is there a... The, what's the Midah Kenegad Midah that this Misa somehow has a lasting effect on Klai Yisra? Says Rav Zevin in La Torah of Moadim. Source number three. Shnei Tzadim Lahamusak Achdus. Chiyuvi Vishlili. When we talk about Achdus, unity... When we talk about unity, says, uh, says Rav Zevin, there is something chiyuvi and something um, uh, that is shlili. Not negative and positive in an ethical sense, that it is something that is good and something that is bad, but rather it's something that is positive, that brings that, that is an active element to it, and the something that is a passive element to it. On one hand, achdus means bringing parts together. Holding parts, ingredients together, that is one part of achdus. When you have items in a group, parts of a team, that's part of achdus. That's the positive, that's the active. But on the other hand, Achdus also requires, and they're connected, which we'll see by the Shem in a minute. To keep out dangerous ingredients from the outside. It has to keep in the good and keep out the pernicious and the dangerous and the negative. And that's the negative. Again, not positive and negative in the ethical sense. Positive and negative in the conceptual sense. And they're connected to each other. It's impossible to put all the parts of the body together to work in consonance. Every part according to its designated purpose. The only way that the body will be able to function properly is if it doesn't have dangers of infection from the outside. Works together. Yet in order to, everything has to be kept together. The way that it's kept together is by staying together, keeping everything out. But if they wouldn't be together, then they wouldn't be able to be this defense that would keep everything together and keep everything out. And therefore, that's what Bilam. What did Bilam want to do? What did Bilam and Balak want to do? They wanted to break us. How do they break us? As all of our enemies know, if you break us from within, then we're done. 
bringing us from without, dangers from without, okay, that's one level. But how we're really broken is broken from within. Right? That's what he said. The end of last week's parsha, the beginning of last week's parsha. Vayagar Moav Ha'am Ma'od Kiravhu. Right? They were robbed, but they were all unified. They were all unified. Bilam and Balak say, I have to break them from within. How do you do that? You have to put in, on the one hand, external dangers, let them seep in, and also break apart their connection from within. Ulafichach. Therefore, Kishabilam Yatzlabalak, Sheyakshilas Yisrael Batarovish Albanos Moav, when Bilam advised Balak to bring in the Banos Moav, these women, Znus, Shtaim Rose, Ratzalasas. What would Znus do? It would do both. It would break Achtus on both levels. Shtaim Shehinachas. Laharosa Machitza Mibachutz. To break the external wall. Hamagina al Yichud Ha'am, Yesodo Zarim. To break the wall, let the dangers from the cultures, from these women, come in, and once they're in, so then the whole defense system falls away, and the body, the unit, the Amisrol, do not function together. And then the inner also falls away. And that's what he says. Let me explain. Let me tell you, let me advise you what this Am can do, La Amcha, to be like Amcha, to be like your nation, Balak, and then you will be able, they will be subject to the risks and everything that uh, those who are Chotim are subject to. So what did Bilam and Balak try to do with the Benos Moab and Balpa'ar? They tried to destroy from within, from without and from within. Pinchas saved the day. So what was Pinchas' schar? Lefichach, Shepinchas, Kini as Kinas Hashem, Uman as Atzas Bilam, Milahis Kayem, and he prevented Bilam's plan for being Mekuyam, the Shomer Bakach, and he guarded the Shlemus and the Achtus of Yisrael, Mida Keneg and Mida. What did he get? He got the bris of Shalom and Achtus. Shalom, Brisi, Shalom, staying together and peace among the parts. That is what he got because that's what he. That's what he connected to. That's what he, he, he prevented Bilam from doing. And in that way, he was able to, uh, to save Klal Yisrael. But now, he didn't answer the other part, there's another element that he saved. If the Benos Midyan would have been successful, they were successful, but if they would have been even more successful, then all the children that would have been born to Klal Yisrael would not have been Jewish. Right? So Bilam, by saving that, prevented that terrible consequence, and he kept Amisrael going, Lidoros. Lidoros. Therefore, the Achtos Acheres Yesh, on line 17, Achtos Adoros, Shmiral Netzach Yisrael Shalom Yipasek, right? Netzach Yisrael, it should never stop. Kiyam Ashal Sheles Me'avos Ha'uma Atzov Kalodoros. The Kiyam of the chain, all the way continuing. The Achtos Zuratza Bilam Ba'osa Eitzelina Vatel. And Bilam wanted to uproot this too. Because as we know, Zarachacharecha goes after the mother. Bilam, by saving the day here, he was able to prevent generations of tragedy, and that's why his schar is Baris Kuhunas Olam. So he not only saved Klai Yisrael at the moment, he saved them for generations. And that is why his schar was both Brisi Shalom for now and also Ludoros Olam what he what he saved. Okay. Moving right along. So we have a couple of psukim later. Let's continue. Perachavav, Perachavav, Pasuk Yud Aleph. As we have 
the before the minion. Before the minion, we have Hashem says to Moshe and to Elazar, right? Aaron has already died. Moshe says to Elazar, he has the command to count. Suez Rosh Kaladas Bene Israel, count all. Ruvain, Bene Ruvain, Chanach, Mishachazah, Chanuchi, Lafalo, Chetzron, right? All of the um, children and the grandchildren that are mentioned. Then along the way, once he's mentioning the family of Levi, what does he say? Hudasan Baviram. Who does Aaron create Asher Hitzu Amosh Aaron by the Skarach? Vatiftach Aret as Piha, Vativla Usam, the Skarach Mosaida, Karach died, and then it adds the four words. Uvene Karach Lomesu. Bene Karach did not die. What does that mean? Rashi. Hemayu Beitza Trila, they were with the Eitzah, they were in Karach's group. Ubishasa Machlokas, Hir Huru Chuva Belibam. They had a Hir Huru Chuva, a momentary. Thought, an epiphany, a be connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, lefichach, therefore, nisbatzulemakam gavoa begehenim. Whatever that means, they weren't as low down in, in Gehenim as they could have been. They got a high place in Gehenim, in a good way. The Yashvusham, and they were there. That's the Gemara we discussed, I think, last week, right? The, uh, the crack in the, in the floor of the Midbar that the Arab merchants showed one of the Amorayim. He said, listen, listen, every Rosh Chodesh, they scream out, Moshe Emes, Vesaraso Emes, and the smoke comes out. Okay, so there was a, the Bnei Karach didn't go all the way down. What exactly does that mean? What does that mean? They had a hear her tshuva, and they, uh, they weren't the spots there. Did they do tshuva? Did they not do tshuva? If they did tshuva, so why were they swallowed up? If they didn't do tshuva, so what's what's the uh, what's uh, what's the pshat? So says the Rinas Yitzchak of Yitzchak Zeratskin, source number four. Says the Rinas Yitzchak. Hi, new after quoting Rashi. Shalosu tshuva gemura v'lakach lochayu. They didn't do full tshuva. What's full tshuva? We know what full tshuva is. The Rambam and Hilchos tshuva. We know the Rambam vidui three parts of vidui. The charata avars, feeling bad about what was done, right? Mentioning hazkaras achet, mentioning the chet, kabbalah la'asid. They didn't have that. They didn't have shuvah gemura, but they did something. The yeshlama derakir hiruru shuvah belibam, avalo isvadu b'pen. They had no vidui. The after blue karach isvadu, even though they're being misvada now. We quote that gemara, but basra ein dalid Moshe emes v'saraso emes lekiya mitzvahs vidui. You can't just mention what was wrong, as we just said. It's not full tshuva, but they did something. And something in tshuva is also significant. And he quotes the Mabit. I don't know if we ever mentioned this Mabit in the Parsha Shirim, but it's a very crucial Mabit. We mentioned it in a Shabbat Shuvah Trash a couple of years ago. Says the Beis Elohim, says the Mabit in source number five. He quotes it, part of it, but we'll see. The whole parak. Shar tshuva parak yud base. Says the Mabit. Shuva is different than every other mitzvah that there is out there. Every other mitzvah, there's the mitzvah. You either did the mitzvah or you didn't do the mitzvah. If I only shook three minim on pace on sukkis, I did not do the mitzvah. If I ate a half a kazayis of matzah, I did not do the mitzvah. Yeah, there's a sugi of chatzishir, but mitzvah saseh. Okay, discussion in the achronim. But uh, the Gemara only has that by Yisurim. Chatzishir by Yisurim. But by mitzvahs, by tzitzahs, if I didn't wear a full pair of tzitzahs, if I did a half a mitzvah, I didn't do it. Even Moshe Rabbeinu, we're going to have in a few weeks, Moshe Rabbeinu, the Gemara in Masechus Makos, tells us that he set aside the Ari Miklat. He set aside three Ari Miklat, even though he knew they wouldn't be collate yet. But he says, I'll do half a mitzvah. Did he schar for the mitzvah of Ari Miklat? No. He got some type of hashkafik schar. Hashem is proud of him that he showed a zeros in mitzvahs. The Ramam and the Pirish Mishnayis. And the Pirkei Avos is very excited about that Gemara in Masechah's Makos. Yeah, he did it even though he... 
but he didn't. He wasn't, wasn't Yotze. He wasn't. He didn't do the half the mitzvah of Yer Miklat. He, he got he got it ready. He started doing a part of the process, but he didn't accomplish something halachically. Says the Mabit by tshuva, even half a tshuva, you've accomplished something. We've done something. It's different than any other mitzvah. The Achar says the Mabit in line one, source number five. Let us suggest By other mitzvos, you don't get schar for just doing part of it. I didn't get three quarters of the mitzvah. I didn't do anything. Even if I didn't do everything, something is accomplished. Any part of it. I stopped doing the chait, even if I didn't um, feel bad. Wh- whatever it is, I'm doing something, anything in the realm of tshuva. Anything helps. Where do we see this? He quotes stories in Tanakh. K'moshu v'atzinu ba'achav. By achav we know, the end of Malachim Aleph. She'nichna milavnei Hashem b'mashakara b'gadav etzam v'shachav b'sak. Right, if achav, if he didn't have such a wife, maybe he would have done even more. But Achav did something. He felt bad after Elio Bahara Carmel. He had to hear her tshuva. He did something. He didn't stop, even though he felt a little bad. Right, he was, he was, he was buried. Maybe that's why we lane it. That's why we lane Yonah on Yom Kippur afternoon. To give us some chizuk, even if we don't do everything. Shuvas Anshin Ninve is also something. Sheshavu la asid, sheazvu la chait, velo nischartu ala avar. They didn't want to be destroyed. They trusted Yonah. So they stopped. Did they, would they really feel bad about what they did? Maybe not. Ki afilu basaras amelach laam omar, vayashuvish mi darko hara, umen achamat hashav akapehem. Right? Ashe kifia nirea, achamat hashav odena bachapam lo balu. Right? Discussion in the, in the, in the chazals. Did they return everything that they had? What they return? Either way, the Yerushalmi and Tainus, mashoi bakaf yedeim echziru, pshitevu migda lo echziru. They didn't even return everything. But it was still nechshav etshuva. Hashem didn't destroy them. That's what it says. V'zeo amar kasuv. V'yar alakim ki shavu midarka mara. Shuhu aziva sachit lo asil levad. All they did was stop their future. V'yim kol zeho elohem. And still, it helped. He doesn't quote it, but we know the Yushal, the Gemara and Masechah Sanhedrin also. It's, it's a more graphic, fuller picture in the Yushalmi at the end of Sanhedrin. But Menashe, Menashe HaMelech, Menashe, terrible. He put the idol in the base of Migdash. He killed his own grandfather. He killed Yishayo Anavi. That's why Yishayo didn't write Yishayo, because he was killed. Right? Yirmiyo wrote Yirmiyo. Yishayo did not write Yishayo, because he was killed. So he, he was killed by his own grandson. And he was the reason that his grandson was alive, because he was the one that convinced Chizkiyahu to have another child, and he had Menashe, and Menashe killed him. And Menashe, at the end of his life, right, he's boiling in a big pot of water, he says, ah, I tried all the other gods, let me try this one. 
Remember the Yerushalmi? Yerushalmi describes graphically how the Malachim didn't want Hashem to accept the tshuva. Sotimim mesachalonos is the language of the Yerushalmi. The Malachim were closing the windows in heaven. Don't accept the tshuva. And our Shach Chodesh Baruch Hu was chatar chatira tachas kisei akavid. He he drilled a hole under the kisei akavid, whatever that means, and he accepted the tshuva of, of Menashe. So did Menashe do tshuva? He didn't do anything. He did a little bit. Mix us. Says that's mixas. That's the base of Lukin. That's the Yisod of the Mabit. And that's Uvnei Karach Lomesu. They did die. They did die. They had Nispatzer, Makum Gavoa Begehenim. So it means something. Some type of, of, uh, feeling, right? That's also, also in Nigla, the Gemara in Kiddushin, Dachmem Tess. I should have given it, right? The Gemara in Kiddushin, that if somebody is Makadish and Isha, Manasha and Sadik, Afilu Rasha Gomor, even a total Rasha, still, uh, Harezem Kudeshes, at least Savik Mukudeshes, because Shema Hirher, Shema Hirher Tshuva. So again, that's what we get from the Psukim, Uvene Korach Lo Lomes. Okay, moving right along. So we have the Minyan, right? Part of the reason why Sefer Bamidbar is called Chumashah Pekudim is based on what takes place in Bamidbar, and right here in Pinchas, where we have the Pekudim, we have the next counting of Kala Yisrael. Hashem will get back to that. But after the counting, we have a crucial discussion in Sefer Bamidbar, and that is Moshe Rabbeinu giving over the reins. Passing over the reins to the next leader of Klal Yisrael. Says, says the Torah, Vayedaber Moshe El Hashem Leymar. The only time in the Torah this ever appears. I think the Balaturim notes. The only time this Vayedaber Moshe El Hashem Leymar. We have to catch ourselves. What did we just read? Vayedaber Moshe El Hashem Leymar. When it comes to, to taking care of Klal Yisrael for the next generation, Moshe says, Hashem, I need to talk to you. Hashem should appoint someone who could take care of this Eida. The Eida of Hashem should not be like a sheep that has no shepherd. That has no shepherd. Sometimes in Beit Shemesh, in front of our house, we look out on the mountains. There are, there are sheep. There's hundreds of sheep. Walking around, it's like, you know, they look like they're like just running, just walking around without anybody. Finally, you see there's a shepherd there with a little bell, and there's a, you see it with a couple of dogs around. But if, if, if they're no without a shepherd, they're just like while while walk aimlessly onto the roads, into the forests, into dangerous places. So Moshe says they need a rower. They need a rower. Says Rabbi Jonathan Sachs in his Sefer Lessons in Leadership. Right, the whole Sefer is about leadership. He says, right here, embedded in these, in these psukim, are keys to leadership. Keys to leadership. Three keys. Source number six. Again, in the Sefer, again, every Parsha, he has a few svarim out on, uh, on Chumash, and on this one, he talks about leadership in every Parsha. We've quoted it from it before. But here, he says, Pinchas contains a mini-essay on leadership. As Moses confronts his own mortality and asks God to appoint a successor. The great leaders care about succession. The great leaders take care of the future generations. Avram cares about Yitzchak. David chooses Shlomo. Elio chooses Elisha. Right? Our great leaders are the ones that care about the future. In the case of Moshe, the Chachamim sense a certain sadness at his realization that he would not be succeeded by either of his sons. Right? We know Chazal point out the, the human side of it. Aaron Cohen passed it on to his children. Moshe was not. Even, uh, even uh, Miriam Miriam and uh, was was Zohar to have great children also, but Moshe, Moshe, Moshe was not. And there's, some, there's a sadness there, but that's what happens with Kesser Torah. Often says says Rabbi Sachs. 
But he continues and says, so what did Moshe say? Turning over the page. What did Moshe say? So first Moshe says, Elokei haruchos l'chol basar ish al He calls Hashem by an unusual title. Elokei haruchos l'chol basar. So Chazal already pick up on this. What's Elokei haruchos? So Rashi says, Lama Nemar. Omer l'fan everybonu shalolam. Galui v'yadua. Galui l'fanecha. Daito shakol echad ve'echad. V'nadomon zelazeh. You know Hashem what Jews are like. You know, two Jews, three opinions. You know, I'm Yisrael. We all think differently. We all act differently. You need a leader that can relate to all of them. You need a leader that's going to recognize this and use it as a strength and not as a weakness. Says Rabbi Sachs, there are three basic leadership lessons to be learned from this choice of words. The first, he quotes the Rashi that we just read. Appoint over them a leader who will tolerate each person according to his individual character. A leader knows how not to force people to be cookie cutter all the same, but to allow people to thrive and use each one of their strengths, right? The greatest boss of any company is the one that knows how to delegate and help everybody find their own niche and have everybody else do the work. If he forces everybody to do the same thing, to be just like A, B, or C, so that's, that's a recipe for, uh, for disaster. And he quotes the Rambam in the Maran of Uchim, that this is a basic feature of the human condition. Homo sapiens is the most diverse of all life forms. Right? If you have 10 penguins, they're basically pretty similar. If you have 10 giraffes and 10 dogs and 10 sharks and 10 of anything, they're generally pretty similar. 10 people, forget it. Right? Even 10 brothers, they're all different. Just the way Hashem did it. Therefore, cooperation is essential because we are different, others are strong, where we are weak, vice versa. But it's difficult and it's challenging to be a parent to 10 different children, right? To be a leader, to be a boss, anything. And the more we're in charge of, the more difficult it is. More difficult it is. And that's the quote from the Ramam and the Maranavuchim. The well-being of society demands that there should be a leader able to regulate the actions of man. He must complete every shortcoming, remove every excess, prescribe for the conduct of all, etc. Leaders respect differences, but like the conductor of an orchestra, integrate them, ensuring that the different instruments play their part in harmony with the rest. You got to be a great orchestra, right? I'm in, uh, you know, in a camp. The the leader, a counselor, a division head. If somebody's in school, a teacher, a principal, whoever is under their care, one has to recognize. True leaders do not seek to impose uniformity; they honor diversity. That's the first lesson that Moshe Rabbeinu knows, and he's trying to ask Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Elokei Ruchos Basar. That's Rashi. That's message number one. Number two. What's the next phrase Moshe uses? Ish al ha'eda. What does ish mean in the Torah? Where else do we find ish in the Torah? Take for yourself, and what does Hashem answer? So what does ish mean? Ish doesn't here mean in contrast to isha. Right, there's an, it is a something in, in a deep that's being meant here. So explains Rabbi Sachs. The word ish here indicates something other than gender. It's to be found in the two places in the Torah that use the phrase Ha'ish Moshe. Ha'ish Moshe appears two other places in the Torah. We know from just a few weeks ago, Ha'ish Moshe Anav Ma'od. Mikol Adam Asher Pnei Adama. Moshe was the greatest Anav. Tremendously humble. 
But Ha'ish Moshe is also used elsewhere. Back in Shmos. But Ha'ish Moshe, Gadol, oh, right, he was great, highly respected in the eyes of all Paro and all of his servants. So isn't that working in the opposite direction? He was very low and very humble, and he was great in the eyes of the Egyptians. He was unbelievable. He was high. He was noble. Aren't those opposite? That's what a leader needs to. Ish asheruach bo. He's got to be an ish. What's an ish? An ish is somebody who's both an anav, somebody who knows, he has humility, but recognizes who he has to be and recognizes that he has to be a leader. One of my Rebbeim once taught in, uh, in, uh, in, our, in our smicha class, Every rabbi has to take their position very seriously, but not take themselves so seriously. It's a little of both. On the one hand, a rabbi, a spiritual leader, represents Torah, represents people's connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's an ish. He's got to be strong. But on the other hand, he can't take himself so seriously. He's got to be unav mikol apaneha adama. Note the two characteristics, he writes. Seemingly opposed, great and humble, both of which Moshe had in high degree. Ma'od. This is exactly what Rabbi Yochanan attributes to Hakadosh Baruch Hu Himself, right? But Makom Hashatamotzek Dulaso Shamatamotzi Amasanuso. Hashem is the um, obviously infinitely great, but He's the most hidden, right? People can go through life without seeing Hakadosh Baruch Hu. He's the most humble, right? Anav. Here is one of the proof texts, right? Hashem, your Lord, your God is the God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality, accepts no bribes, right? Unbelievable, but He's but He's also with the Ani. An ish in the context of leadership is not a male, but rather someone who is a mensch, a person whose greatness is lightly worn, who cares about the people or others often ignore, etc., etc. That's that's number two. So number one, you have to recognize people are all different and celebrate their differences and not impose uniformity. Number two, to be an ish, to be a mensch, to be someone who is both great and humble, both sides of the coin. And finally, number three. Number three. What's number three? In his view here, it's a double Lashon. The Torah uses. What does Moshe say? What's the double Lashon? You have to be the leader. You have to go out in front of them and go and lead them. So again, Rabbi Sachs says, it's hinting to one of the more challenging aspects of leadership, and that is timing and pace. Even if I know I want to do something with my congregants, with my students, with my population, when and how fast and how slow. I don't want to underachieve, but I don't want to push them too far that it might not work. A Rebbe wants to teach his, his students, and a teacher wants to teach the students so much, but if you teach it all on day one, they'll just turn off. You give them so much, they'll, they'll just, they'll, they'll like, they'll melt, and it's, take it easy. You got to know, you got to go at a certain pace. And any rabbi of a shul has to know that. And any boss demanding things from his from his uh, employees, people do either just quit, or they just want they'll be depressed and they won't be able to accomplish anything. Pace is vital. Who will lead them and who bring them out? Leaders must lead from the front, but they must not be so far out in front that when they turn around, they don't see their they don't see their. No one is following. Next page. Pace is of the essence. Sometimes a leader can go too fast. That is when tragedies occur. And he quotes a few, which I didn't give you. But uh, then he says, Moshe knew this, right? He knew this from the Miraglim. As the Ramam says, the task of fighting battles and conquering the land was just too much for a generation born into slavery. Right? Some of them have mentioned this. 
Right? Maybe it wasn't, you know, Klai Yisrael, you know, with the Evan mentality, Hashem was trying to bring them in, Moshe was bringing them in, so maybe afterwards he realized, he realized that it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be, maybe we need 40 years. Maybe that was part of the divine plan. Obviously not. The divine plan was to go quickly. But maybe Moshe's lesson to, uh, to, uh, to Yoshua, and what he's asking from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is make sure they're going to go into Eretz Yisrael now. You know, even the battles took seven years. It wasn't overnight, even with the Nisim of, of Yericho and the like. So those are the three lessons that we have in leadership right here that Moshe Rabbeinu was asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that we learn from, from, uh, from this section of Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay, moving right along. We continue. We continue right here. So, so Moshe Hashem answers Moshe, take Yoshua, stand him up in front of Elazar, and you shall command him in front of them. You shall give from your glory unto him. Rashi. Rashi quotes part of a Gemara. Not the whole thing. Rashi quotes part of it. What does Rashi say? What do you mean, from your hod? Not all your hod. Rashi, v'lokal hodcha, nimseinu lemeidin, p'nei Moshe, kechama. Moshe is compared to the sun. P'nei Yoshua, kilavana. Yoshua is compared to the moon. That's Rashi. But the Gemara in Baal Masra has, a, has a, a couple of extra lines. If you look in the beginning of source number 9, Rav Yosef Nechem Yekornitzer quotes, the Zakanim of that generation were saying, Whoa, it's so embarrassing. What is very not clear is what's embarrassing. What's embarrassing? That that Yeshua went down. Yeshua is the uh, the only the moon, Moshe's the sun. What's the embarrassment? They were embarrassed how they treated Yoshua. What's, what's the message here of the sun and the moon? Are they, being, are they embarrassing or are they embarrassed? You know, which is it? Are they the victims or are they the, uh, the givers? What exactly is meant? Just to add, he doesn't quote it, but the Rashi in the last parak of Yoshua discusses the Chazal that B'nai Yisrael weren't maspid Yoshua properly. Weren't Mosfet improperly, and therefore there was an earthquake. So the Rashi in the land, Perachav Dal, and Sefer Yeshua discusses that Chazal. Also, right? They didn't treat Yeshua properly. What exactly is the is the uh, is the message? So it says Rabbi Yosef Nechemia, there's a Gemara in Shabbos Kuf Dalad, that we've quoted in many other contexts. Fascinating Gemara Kuf Dalad. We like to call it the code, the code of the Aleph base. That's what we remember. It's Kuf Dalad, the code. Shabbos Kuf Dalad talks about the secrets of the Aleph base. The Alvi, the way the letters look and why the letters are there and the order, right? Every other, we know every other language in the world is just based on what people decided. It's based on, you know, the people got together, we'll call this a table and this a chair and this, uh, this a computer, and that's because people decided. Lashon HaKodesh is not that. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created Lashon HaKodesh. Right? Hashem created the world with Lashon HaKodesh. Ish, Isha. Hashem spoke to the Nevi'im on Lashon HaKodesh. The discussion of the Ramban at the beginning of Parshish Kisisa. Right, Lashon HaKodesh, there's something unique about it. So every letter in the Aleph base has something. Why is the leg of the Aleph facing the base? The Gemara goes through the whole thing in source number 10. Right, why is it uh, the Dalit, Hey, Vav, Zion, all of them. So we're going to do some of it. But uh, that's why I gave it to you. But the beginning of that Gemara, we don't focus on the first line. 
Amalei Rabbanan Reb Shubin Levi. The Rabbanan said to Reb Shubin Levi, Asu dar deki ha'idna lebe medrasha. The children came to the base medrash today. V'amru mili da'afilu b'yimei Yeshua benun lo idmer kavasayu. Some things were said today that these things weren't even said in the door of Yeshua Nun. Why Dafka Yeshua Benun? Right? These things are so unbelievable. Something connected to Yeshua Benun. What exactly is the... And then it goes through the whole Aleph base. So what exactly is the uh, Yeshua Benun connection? So if you look at one of them, one of the lines, the Gemara talks about why we have two Nuns. Why is there what we call a Nun and a Nun Sofit? Says the Gemara, look on the fourth wide line, Nun kfufa nun pshuta, ne'eman kafuf, ne'eman pashut. There is a ne'eman, that's kafuf, right? You could be, there is time to be bent, like the nun is bent, and ne'eman pashut to be straight, right? The nun sofi goes straight down, doesn't have any bends. Ne'eman kafuf, ne'eman pashut. So again, different shot than what that means. Suggestor of Yosef Nechemia is referring to Moshe and Yoshua. Moshe and Yoshua. Yeshlam are line 12. Moshe Rabbeinu Hayanam and Kafuf. Moshe was bent. Moshe was the Anav. Ma'od. For Yoshua Naman Pashut and Yoshua was straight. What does that mean? Yoshua had to be a different type of leader. Yoshua had to go in. He had to fight wars. He had to stand up. Zakanim Shebedor Lo The Zakanim didn't understand that Moshe and Yoshua had to be different types of leaders. The Chashru Ki Yoshua Misga'eh. Moshe had to get the Torah. That required somebody who was so self-effacing and so not having any atzmius. He was just going to be up 40 days, 40 nights, didn't eat, didn't drink. He had to be an anav. And Yoshua had to be a little more of a leader, a little more of a military leader going in. Al-Kain, because they didn't recognize Yoshua's greatness and uniqueness, they just compared him to Moshe, that's why they didn't want to mosp him, Karoi. Hainu damar me Yoshua lo itmer kavasayu. That's what it means. In the days of Yeshua, this wasn't said. What were they saying here in the days of the Rish Lakish? If they would have known this drasha that the children were saying now, nun kafuf, nun pashut, neeman kafuf, neeman pashut, they wouldn't have. They would have been masbedim karoi because they would have realized he was a neeman pashut. Amnam. Amnam Yeshua anav. Yeshua himself was a, was a tremendous anav. But he just had to be, he had to be different. Let's think for a moment. The sun is the symbol in Chazal of Anava. Right, we all know the Gemara that Rashi quotes in Bratius, Right, uh, the sun, you know, the moon says, hey, I got to be two leaders. The sun doesn't say a word. It doesn't say a word. Or, we know the Gemara in Gittin. Ha-ne'elavim ve'enam olvim. Shomim cherpasam ve'enam yeshivim. Ketzeis Hashem, big v'raso. The sun is a symbol of Anava. Levana, the moon... What's the symbol? The moon. Matzinu inyan sha'al yodu nireis be'inidu kemak pentaksas. A little, you know, symbolized like Martin Hulin that the moon is a little, a little makbid, right? How could two leaders be mishtamesh be be keser echad? So how does that symbolize? Levana symbolize a little gaiva. Again, in the medrash way, in that Gemara way, it's a little negative. It's given, but in the Yeshua way, being the moon is just the contrast, the foil of the sun, the foil of Moshe Rabbeinu's Anava. It is the Ne'eman 
Pashut. Moshe Rabbeinu, Shoye Neman Kafuf, Neman Bo, Pnei Moshe, Pnei Chama. That's why Moshe is like the Chama. Yeshua is like the Levana, but they didn't understand. So that's why they weren't masped him properly. They thought it was the negative. That's why they called him the moon. And that's why, that's the Oila Oshabusha, the Gemara says. But really, he had the positive parts of like the Levana, but also the moon as well. Also the sun as well. Okay, one halachic point before we finish up the, uh, the shir. We had to mention this also years ago, I don't remember. But there's a Mordechai. We don't usually quote Mordechai's in the Parsha shir. That's usually reserved for maybe the Daf or for other shir. But the Mordechai Masech Shabbos talks about a Pasuk in our Parsha. The second half of the Parsha, as we know, is the Parsha of the Moadim. And the Mordechai in Shin Sadi Ches, in Masech Shabbos says that if you look in Perach of Ches Pasuk Tes, Uva Yom HaShabbos, on the day of Shabbos, what's the carbon musaf? Two sheep. etc. It says, That's a little different than earlier. So by the carbon tumbit, it says, Shabbos is the use of the word of Yom HaShabbos. Says the Mordechai, The world has the minog. Every weekday morning, they get up very early to daven and to learn. Sleep a little later on Shabbos, says the Mordechai. This is why. Every day of the week, it says, And on Shabbos, it says, So, that's why you could daven later on Shabbos morning, says the Mordechai. That's where the Minog He doesn't say you should. He just says, this is the Minog. And it happens to be quoted in Shulchan Aruch. This Mordechai is quoted in Shulchan Aruch. In Reish Pei Aleph, in source number 12, The Minog is to daven a little later. That's the Mordechai. In Parakal Kisvei, that's quoted right here in the Shulchan Aruch. Fine, wonderful. So we wake up a little later on Shabbos. Fine. Just two points of concern and of uh, warning. Number one, there are also a number of sources, I did not give them to you, that talk about the uniqueness of davening early on Shabbos. Some people even daven Masikin on Shabbos, don't daven the whole week. Number one. But number two, even according to the Mordechai, all the poskim, the Mishnah quotes, it doesn't say that you can miss the Zmanim. The Mordechai doesn't say that you can daven after all the Zmanim. Says the Mishnah Kriyishma. Rashi Mashbushkan Bishabas Bisulamir, okay. You can't miss the Zmanim. Who else, just to quote you all the postkim, but just one fascinating one, the first Lubavitcher Rebbe. The Shulchan Aracharav, the Balatanya says it Beferish in source fourteen. On the next page, when he quotes this halacha, he quotes the David a little later, but he says also Sarechli Zar Maod Shalavers Ma Kriyash Mavitfila. Alimiachorev Shalelos Aruchim Yucholon Lahakdim Kumobachol. But that's what the, 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 the post can say. Even the Shulchan Aruch the Balatani says, we have to make sure. So, so there's a concept of Onik Shabbos, then it's fine to be on my Shabbos, but we have to make sure that we're not missing any of the, of this man. Okay. Last thought for the, for the week, and, um, a thought that really talks about the whole Parsha itself. The question is, is there any connection that we can find between all the different parts of the Parsha? Number one, the Karbanos, the whole second half of the Parsha. Number two, Pinchas. The beginning of the parsha, Yeshua ben Nun being appointed, and a story that we did not talk about at all this year, Ben Oslavchad, who came and wanted a chelak in Eretz Yisrael. Is there any connection between all of 
all of those. So says the Shem in the fifth volume of the Shem in source 15, he starts off by quoting from the Talmidei Baal Shem Tov. They were very excited about Parashat Pinchas because it was like all the Chagim, oh, so Kadosh, all the Yom Tovim talking about the Shabbos, a lot of Kedusha. Okay, good. But what exactly is the connection between all of these, all of these halachas? So he has two ideas. Two ideas. Number one, Number one, he says, why is this called Chumash Abakudim like we mentioned earlier? Because we are counted. We're counted both in Bamidbar and in Pinchas. But there's a difference. Rashi picks up on this difference. In this week's Parsha, by all the countings, every name is surrounded by Shem Hashem. Right? With a He and a Yud. He and a Yud. And Rashi quotes, because Hashem gives edus that we're all kosher. All the families are kosher. He puts his name on every one of the families. The question is, why Dafka is that done here? Why not in Bamidbar? Hashem wants to be made on us that we're, that we're kosher and we're trustworthy. So why, why, Dafka, why Dafka here? So he says on line 17, Yishlom HaPshitus, it's obvious. If you think about it, Dominion Rishon Bateke B'Shan Shnia. When was the first minion? Beginning by Midbar. That was when they left Harsinai. It's be made that we were godly in Harsinai. Of course. The Cheskas Tara, as he says. Right, and that's why Chazal say, Davka Shlomis Bas Divri Davka, that one woman. Everybody else was okay. But here we're talking about at the end of the 40 years, and especially after the Mice of Baal and the Bros Midian. Hashem there has to give Edus. Hashem has to give Edus that with the people who are left, there's Kedusha. With people that are left, there is Kedusha. And therefore, says the Shem and Atov, maybe that's a connection also to, we need this in the 40th year. Because there's a connection between Kedusha in the area of Arayos and our Zechus in Eretz Yisrael. But no sloth had come right now. They're not Roy to be no Eretz Yisrael. And that's why, that's what Balak wanted. That's why Pinchas comes, Hey Shivas Hamasimi Al Pene Bene Yisrael. And we say it even every morning. The Charosimo Abris, Bris Milo, which symbolizes Kedusha in the world of Arias, Charosimo Abris, and he talks about giving Eretz Yisrael. Right? There's a connection. And that's why right after Minyan Shani, right here, what does it say? La'ela Techacha Techalika Aretz. We talk talking about Nachla, we talk about Broslavchad. So at least that's the connection between the first and second part of the part. The, after Pinchas, we have, well, Pinchas is connected to Shmira in this area, and then we have the Minyan, and then we have Chalukas uh, Eretrael. One shot. But then we have another idea. Another idea where he says, and that is, we know, as many discuss in many different contexts, in Israel, we're about to go into Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is a different reality than the Midbar for the past 40 years. Meaning, it's Teva, it's where Am Yisrael have to participate in what's going on. The Imkain line 5. Who be'emes hakdama yishara l'boi haaretz. Right, what did Pinchas do? He took charge. Right, but Kanoa's kinasi, we discussed it in the past also, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu left, is anybody going to take, take charge? Pinchas jumps in. Pinchas says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to actively take part in what needs to be done. That's what Kinesal Eretz Yisrael is about. Says the Shem Anatov. There's no more mon. There's no more be'er. you got to work the land. you got to fight the wars. Right? It's very different. And that's also B'nos Lafchad. 
We want. We want. They came. They didn't just stay on the side. Because they came to ask, they were morid, as we know. Because they asked, Moshe Rabbeinu got the laws of Yerusha. And that's also Yeshua Benun. Yeshua Benun came because he was involved. Right? He was the one that didn't just stand on the side. Right? And that could also be Karbanos. Karbanos means Hashem, does get, Hashem gets nothing from Karbanos. As we know, the Mishnah tells us in the end of Mesechus Benachis, the Chazal tell us that the Hashem's name in Karbanos is just Yudke Vavke, Ha'yehovah He's independent. He doesn't get anything from Karbanos. But it's all about us. It's about we're doing something. We're trying to create the connection. We're trying to bring Nachas Ruach to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what he says in the last source in 16. We're being makriv, even though we don't understand the secret of karbanos. But we know it's something kulo mitzidenu. So maybe that's a running theme throughout the parsha. It's all about human input. That's Pinchas. That's uh, Yoshua, who's always input. That's Benot Slavchad, and that is the karbanos. So some ideas that we have here in Parsha's Pinchas. Next week we continue. To, with finishing up and Chazak Chazak of Sefer Bamidbar.